Welcome to Lung Cancer Considered, the podcast of the International Association for the Study of Lung Cancer, a global organization dedicated to research and practice advances in thoracic oncology. You can find all our podcasts on SoundCloud and at IASLC.org in the newsroom. We're your hosts, Dr. Narjus Duma and Dr. Stephen Liu. Welcome to Lung Cancer Considered. I'm Dr. Stephen Liu, Associate Professor at Georgetown University and Director of Thoracic Oncology at the Georgetown Lombardi Comprehensive Cancer Center. Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Narjus Duma. I'm an Assistant Professor of Medicine and a Thoracic Oncologist at the University of Wisconsin. We're your new hosts for Lung Cancer Considered. First, we're going to be referring to each other by first name for now during the podcast. Okay, so let's get started in our first podcast. And I'm very, very excited about this. We have the opportunity to introduce ourselves or areas in which we focus or goals for the podcast moving forward. Both Stephen and I are members of the ILCLC Communications Committee. We are both active on social media and dedicated to advancing the field of thoracic oncology through education, science, advocacy, and collaboration. We find that Steve and I have very diverse range of interests, both personal and professional. I focus on women with lung cancer, the unique aspects of survivorship of women uh, with lung cancer, including sexual dysfunction, the stigma associated with the disease, as well as how they tolerate therapies. Another area of my focus is medical education, particularly to gender equity, advancing gender equity and medicine, particularly in thoracic oncology, and how we can work together as a society to push, you know, through gender equity and balance in medicine. I think that says a lot about me, my woman with lung cancer and the gender equity aspects of my career. But Enough about me, Stephen. Now is your turn to share a little bit about yourself. Thanks, Narjus. I'm honored to be hosting this podcast with you. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I look forward to the discussions we'll share and the different types of collaboration we'll foster through this medium. Just generally about me, I'm also a thoracic medical oncologist. I've been at Georgetown University here in Washington, D.C. since 2013. And right now, I'm the director of the thoracic oncology section. I also lead the phase one developmental therapeutics program at Georgetown. I am a clinical investigator. My focus really is on early drug development. And you know, outside the office, I, I enjoy hiking. I enjoy things that make me laugh, uh, trying new things. But, but I try to spend as much time as I can with uh, my four-year-old daughter. Now, uh, you mentioned a bit about your professional interests. I, I know, Narjus, you have a, a unique background. I think we all do, and some unique hobbies. Could you maybe tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, maybe as a person, and a little bit about the path that, that brought you here today? Well, I, I think when I define myself, I have to say I'm the daughter of two surgeons because that explains a lot of my behaviors. I, I usually don't run late because um, in my in my household, if you supposed to meet with my mom at 12 o'clock, if you were not there by 12 o'clock, she will leave and we leave you behind. We no shame because the time was 12 o'clock. And she used to say, are you going to make your anesthesiologist wait for you now just and, and I was like 11 years old. And I was, no, mom, I won't make the anesthesiologist wait for me. So <laughs> I think that's part of my personal story. I grew up in Venezuela, but my, my, my mom is Colombian and my father is Dominican, which made growing up a very interesting environment with so many cultures growing in a different country where my parents were from. 
I think about hobbies. I didn't have a hobby for the longest time because I was a resident and you know I was super busy as a resident and then as a fellow. So now I have two hobbies and I'm going to name my Peloton bike as a hobby because I, I really enjoy it. And, it, and it's fun. Like today I did a Latin ride and it was so much fun. It was like six o'clock and I was like rocking the Latin music and my bike. And the second thing, I really like all records. And prior to COVID, the goal for me was to go to Goodwill or any three shop and find very good records for 99 cents. And that's how I have the entire collection of several artists including Johnny Cash, and it only cost me like $3. So those are my two main hobbies. And Stephen, where, where are you, some of your hobbies? And we'd love to hear about your, your background and some of your stories. Sure. Well, I'm, I'm a Pisces, obviously. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm first generation. Uh, my father immigrated from Hong Kong. Uh, my mother came from Macau, uh, and I was born in Florida. Uh, but I grew up outside of Pittsburgh. And... You know, I moved around a lot for training. I think most of us do uh, these days. I spent some time in Baltimore and Philadelphia before moving to Los Angeles, where I did fellowship at USC and uh, University of Southern California. Now, you know, Nardrus, while I couldn't imagine doing anything else now, I did not enter medicine with the intention of treating lung cancer. Now, all our paths, as I think we'll learn, are, are very different. And I think so much of our career, whether we admit it or not, is influenced by chance and luck, I guess. I chose internal medicine with the intention of doing GI, but my interest pretty quickly shifted to Hemonc. When I applied to fellowship, my my career goal was to do stem cell transplants. And it was only when I got to fellowship that I kind of realized what that meant. And uh, I wasn't really too fond of the schedule. So during fellowship, I almost exclusively focused on prostate cancer. So if, if I'm thinking back to how I got here today, you know, at the end of fellowship, I'm looking for prostate cancer jobs. You know, I knew the disease well, I thought. I had published uh, well in prostate cancer. I'd written grants. And uh, when I was looking for jobs, I thought, you know, here I, I'd invested so much time in prostate cancer already. You know, I, I actually thought this as a fellow, right? Come on, I, I'd invested nothing. It's a couple of years as a fellow, but it felt like I had a lot invested. So I stayed on that route and I'm interviewing for prostate cancer jobs in the area. And I was fortunate enough to get some really great offers, some great opportunities, but I wanted to stay at USC. You know, I mean, there's this comfort with staying at a place, you know, and I think there's a big downside to doing that as well, but it, it's certainly easier. And for me personally, I had so many great mentors and friends at USC and, you know, ultimately, most importantly, my wife, who is a surgeon was still doing her fellowship at USC. So I really wanted to be at that specific institution, but they already had some young, very talented prostate cancer doctors. So when they offered me a GU position, it just didn't really make sense because we would have been competing for the same opportunities. They didn't need another prostate cancer doc. What they needed was a lung cancer doctor. So at that moment, I had to figure out what my priorities were. You know, was it treating a specific disease, in that case, prostate cancer, or was it the institution that I wanted to be at? What was more important? And I chose the institution and that was the right choice for me. I needed to be close to my wife. And, you know, when we decided to move back East, like a year later, there was an opportunity to switch back to G. But by this time I was invested. I had a real connection to lung cancer, to the patients, to the community, much more than I ever had to prostate cancer. And it was only going to be lung cancer going forward. But, 
you know, things could have very easily turned out differently. And I try to share that with our fellows, with, with mentees, that when you're choosing a career, you have to figure out what is the most important thing to you and prioritize it. And if you choose a certain path, you have to be very honest with yourself and make sure you're choosing things for the right reasons. Now, if you take a job for the wrong reasons, I think you can be successful, but you're probably not going to be happy. And I think that really contributes to burnout. And you know, just if you're not happy, what's what's the point? And knowing you, I think we're both happy where we are now, um, hosting this podcast together. You find yourself as a thoracic oncologist as well. Was there something that drew you to to lung cancer specifically? Well, you know, I think for me, days back to a patient, um, as I say, you know, being the daughter of two surgeons, the expectations is that I would become a surgeon. My grandfather was also a surgeon, so it was a there was some pressure there and. I, I remember being in my two-week oncology rotation and I just fell in love with one patient and I developed a relationship with her and um, she was facing lung cancer. And then the two weeks were over and I remember it was the beginning of my surgery rotation. To tell you that the expectations were high was an understatement. And then I remember being in the OR and just thinking when the case was going to be over so I can head to the, to the cancer floors. And I would, whatever case was done, I would find the energy to go back and continue to develop relationships with those patients. Like there is something about our patients with cancer that just fills my cup. It, it makes me feel like I belong in this, you know, in, on earth for that. So I remember telling my father, it's like, I'm not going to be a surgeon. I'm going to be a medical oncologist. And he told me a few times I was just going to be a face. And I talked to him yesterday. <laughs> he was just joking with me. It's like, these faces lasting a long time. And I told my father, you have to let it go. It's time. It's time to let it go, dad. I'm not going to be a surgeon. And that patient just changed my, my life and everything. And and then there was a phase in which I was mentored by Dr. Alex Ajay and Dr. Martin Gutierrez in phase one. And that's what you do, Stephen. And that's what I, be, I was being trained to be, an agnostic phase one clinical investigator. And then like, I encountered some of my women with lung cancer. And I was like, this is what I do when I'm tired. This is what I find time to do on Sundays. And it makes me happy. So then it was another conversation. This time it was not with my father, but was with my mentor saying like, I'm not going to be an agnostic phase one uh, trialist. I, I'm going to focus on women with lung cancer. And I think finding what you like makes everything worth it. The years of residency, the years of fellowship, you know, the holidays that you miss because you know you have a bigger calling. And, and I think my calling is to care for my women with lung cancer. Yeah, you have to love what you do for sure, and and there's no way around it. And if you don't, it's you're just not going to last. And you know, there's all different kinds of ways to make an impact. And one job's not better than the other. You have to find the right position for you, and it just takes real honesty. Yeah, and I think along those lines, I you know we like to discuss with you why do you agree to do the podcast? So what are your goals, and why is it important for you to do this? What we just started doing today. Yeah. So I, I think this is a very important medium and it's a way to have a lot of conversations with people. You know? And one of the things that I think is really important for ISLC is its diversity. 
Now, this is an organization for everyone involved in the treatment and the study of lung cancer. And it's students, it's trainees, physicians, APPs, patient advocates, survivors, all stakeholders, anyone with an interest. Lung cancer is a multidisciplinary disease. It needs a multidisciplinary organization. And I've learned that it truly is a global organization. I mean, we have our meetings all over the world. They rotate through the continents. And that is so important, not just for access to information and meetings, not just for representation, but really to give everyone, you know, as, as you often put it, an equal voice, because we need that perspective, you know, perspective from a different discipline, from a different healthcare system, from a different background, a different culture. If you put yourself in an echo chamber, if you surround yourself only with people that are like you, you are never going to see the whole problem and you're only going to solve part of the problem. And you know, one of the things that we can do on this podcast is bring in people from different backgrounds, different specialties. We can learn about their unique career paths. We can bring a little humanity to some of these big names you see on the podium uh, and, and learn a little bit about their, their story and how kind and, and giving everyone in our organization is. I, I also look forward to maybe working through some cases. And one thing we've decided to implement is a virtual tumor board where we can invite listeners to submit their own cases, de-identified, of course, and focus on that approach to lung cancer, not just the final recommendation, not just, you know, what's the right answer here, but how we get there and how our experiences and our backgrounds influence our practice and, and really focusing on, on the journey uh, so that we can learn, you know, how to be a lung cancer doctor. And listeners that have cases where, where they're curious about different perspectives can send emails. Uh, we have a, a specific email address for the podcast. It's podcasts, plural, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S at IASLC.org. And you can email the details there or, or ask for, for questions. And, you know, this was something I was mostly eager to do because I knew you were going to be involved. So Narjus, what, what are your goals for this, this podcast going forward? I think something I'm very interested in is to discuss data. I think the study of lung cancer has rapidly advanced. And just to break it down uh, with you and your, your guests, because May 2020, I I remember being in, in the floors and getting a different email every week or every other day about a new approval. And I'm a lung cancer doctor. And at a moment, it felt like, all right, I have like 10 papers behind now in a matter of weeks. So I'm really hope to discuss the data, the good and the bad, you know, not only talk about how something is very good or something is very bad, just put things in perspective and apply the data to real world. I, I think as a global organization, it's important that we understand that lung cancer is not only treated in the United States, there are settings like Latin America with limited resources and some drugs don't get there, you know, to see that the advancement in lung cancer is not only what the FDA approves, but how as a community, we can learn from those approvals, you know, and help low to middle income countries. Another aspect I think for me is important is to incorporate our patients' voices or patient advocates, survivors and activists to discuss the new drugs to discuss the new data because nobody else can provide the perspective they can. And I have learned so much working with all our lung cancer activists and caregivers 
to a point that I think my research is much better, my 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 studies, everything is much better. And it's good to hear their voice because I, I cannot feel what they're feeling or going through. So I think that's something that I'm looking forward. And another thing I also looking for is just to make it as interactive as possible. And uh, the case's idea, I'm so excited about it because you can feel that you're not only listening to to Stephen and I, it's just we're able to to talk about something that it may have been difficult in the clinic. And the last thing is just to share our emotions. Being a lung cancer doctor has, you know, either requires a different types of skills. All lung, all cancer doctors have very difficult skills, but I think for us it's good to something about how we cope, how we do what we do, and to make sure that all the members of the society don't feel alone because many of these feelings are shared by many of us. I, I think that's particularly important now. I mean, we're recording this in in, in 2021 and, you know, right in the midst of a, of a pandemic that, that we have never experienced before. And, and we are a lot more isolated and, you know, the, the lung cancer meetings, the ISLC in general, it's a very social group. Everyone's very kind and um, sort of not seeing our friends and, and not getting that, that interaction, you know, takes a toll. And so this will be one outlet where we can maybe get to know some of the people that we would have otherwise just stumbled upon at meetings or at, uh, at different uh, conferences. And I think that'll bring value to it. And, you know, you're right. It, it changes so quickly. And when I go back and look at some of the slide decks I had from a year ago, I say none of this is relevant anymore. It's changing so fast. So I'm um, really serving as a resource, I think is, is important. And, you know, we'll, we'll wrap up the introduction to this podcast. I think Narjus and I would would like to thank you for listening. And we'd also like to thank the ISLC for the opportunity and the Dr. Jack West, who got this podcast off the ground. I'm sure we'll bring him back to to weigh in on some issues and all the other hosts who have helped us get to this point. Um, We're honored to be the new host of Lung Cancer Considered. We hope you will tune in the first and the third Mondays of every month to give us a listen don't forget to like the podcast, to write your comments, your reviews, and please stay safe and be well. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Lung Cancer Considered. You can find all our podcasts on our website, www.iaslc.org, in our newsroom or on SoundCloud. Please take a moment to rank, like, and share your favorite episodes with your colleagues. 